Hello, everyone, and welcome to this installment of Ask LRR, which is brought to you by everyone's support from our lovely Patreon, but specifically for this particular program, the people who support us with the YouTube membership program. They are the ones that allow us to receive their questions that they have inputted into that program onto our whole feed and we take them and we mush them together and then we answer them for you. Joining me is Coriander Dickinson. Hi. And Nelson, I forgot your last name. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. And I'm, yeah, and I'm Matt Griffiths. Uh, we're we're the peeps that are going to A your Qs. So what's our first Q? From Truck Shepherd. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And I'd like to take this one, Matt. All right. Now, of course, we could ask if you're referring to a European swallow or an African swallow, but I would like to posit that it doesn't matter because uh, both of these swallows, as long as they're unladen, will be faster than my small children. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the velocity that they need to avoid getting grabbed and just taken in awful, terrible things happening to them. To keep them from getting swallowed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> That's like the last, it's like, you know, I don't know if you, if you're watching at home, you know, any two to four year olds, but they would just make the most awful, terrible, cruel, you know, uh, torture masters. That's what. That's who they really need. That's why the, there's no waterboarding allowed. Is in case there's any two-year-olds in any military in the world anywhere. Because they'll just do it. Yeah, and so that's how I know it, all birds, all small mammals, reptiles. They all have to meet this minimum speed of getting out of my son's hands. Like you know, you see this question and you're like, oh, haha, Monty Python reference, and then you took it and you took it to a dark place, Nelly. An I unexpectedly dark place. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, next question from Mr. Twanzel. Being relatively recent additions to the GRU, how have you been settling in, and have there been any pleasant surprises you didn't expect when you joined LRR? So, Corey? Anything you want to add since you are, I believe, the first of us to really join the crew in this particular pod? I've been here like six years. Yeah. Recent. And through three moon bases, 10 desert buses. Like, I I feel like I'm not a beginner here. I feel like that falls on you now, Matt. Mm. Me and uh, Nelson here. Yeah. yeah so, what, what did you expect uh, our recycling program to be as uh, efficient as it is? I did not. Yeah, I mean, I had visited Moonbase Mark III a handful of times, and then I had visited Moonbase Delta more times than Moonbase Mark III, and it was just a progression of it getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. 
Wow. Which means that we were paying more and more and more to have cleaners clean. <laughs> that first summer in Moonbase Delta, there was a specific issue of cleanliness that mm. didn't really entirely ever get nipped in the bud until like the following winter. Yeah. I'm speaking, of course, about the Drusophili, or fruit flies as they're commonly called. Mm. That Mark IV had like so many fruit flies. Mm. So many fruit flies. I'm sure all the uh, fruit pies that I was bringing to the office really helped. Especially when, if you eat like seven eighths of them and then just kind of try to get it in the garbage, but it doesn't quite make it there. Oh, yeah. Just leave it on the kitchen table. Like, no, know? it's hidden. It's like you threw it, but it missed and it's behind the garbage. Uh, but like, really, I wasn't particularly surprised joining the crew, what the inner workings were like, because I've worked a job before and these are people doing jobs, right? And I mean, LRR as a company is fairly transparent. Yeah, like, no, would I'm you sure. believe or believe? Would you uh, agree with that, Nelson? The transparency has been fantastic. And as bosses, I think LRR are pretty fantastic. Um, I'm sometimes like nervous to ask a question just because I don't know what the hierarchy is in, a, mm. in various different projects. And so I just don't want to waste people's time. Um, but everyone's very understanding. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of a thing at any job when you look at someone that's been there for a decade longer than you and you're like, I don't want to get in your way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have more to that question, though, I could add. I do have an unexpected surprise. So I'm probably the most recent kind of addition. In fact, my my understand like this question is one that's I've has been rattled off to me and I've thought about myself. It's like, Nelson, are you in LRR? And it's like Kathleen answered it recently on Twitter or on a show, like on a podcast where she was just like, well, Loading Ray Run is like kind of a big amorphous sort of cloud of people. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair. I guess I'm I'm definitely somewhere in that cloud. Um, but I have had a regular podcast gig. I'm on Tap Tap Concede. Graham got me uh, doing that every week, like anchoring it with him uh, a couple years ago. And after a year of that, I got invited to start doing the writing meetings for um, Friday nights, especially, and some of the other. Uh, mm. and, I, and I discovered that I just really like doing that. I really like uh, collaboratively writing sketches. And I haven't had a lot of experience uh, doing that in any other you know, place in my life, any other jobs or school projects or anything. It turns out I just really like writing sketches with people. So the, the creative output. Yeah, well, that, and that's specifically that kind of creativity where you're sort of molding ideas together. Someone has a good seed idea, but they like bouncing it off other people and you kind of come together to form a sketch that, you know, hopefully everyone's happy with and you're proud of. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's been a cool surprise for me. Yeah, the biggest shift in my perspective would have been the change from being a consumer of media to being a producer of media where it's just how you interact with media generally and how you understand the perspective of the people on both sides of that equation. Yeah. Although Nelson, you do make a really good point there. Like I have never been told that I'm actually part of the group. I just kind right. of found out through having my face show up on merchandise. Oh, <laughs> I was like Hopefully opening those play mats. I'm like, Oh, I'm on the JoJo playmat. This is really cool. You can't leave now. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're here forever. Well, you're at least on that playmat forever. Yeah. Right? It's a great playmat. It is a great playmat. Yeah. Jealous. Hmm. All right. I think we're ready for the next question from Eric Chonier. Matt, is there a reason you are often referred to as Matt Griffiths or Matt G? Is it because of Matt Wiggins or is it a personal preference? I mean, mainly it's because it's my name, um, <laughs> but it is to differentiate the mats. Like in grade eight, I had a science class because you have to in grade eight, of course. Um, and I believe there were six Matthews. I had to write out my full name on uh, stuff I had to hand in to the teacher. <laughs> so that's why we specify Matt G or Matt Griffiths. I've heard a lot of people call you Matthew around the office to distinguish you from, from Wiggins. Yeah, that is something that dis distinguishes the two also. It seems like a lot of people call Matt Wiggins just Wiggins, Wiggins. now as well. Yeah. I've taken to calling Ben Wheeler just Wheeler. Yeah, for sure. Too. He, li he likes that. Yeah. Yeah. I, Go ahead. The, the name Matt seems to be morphing into the new Chad. Have you noticed? It's like the extremely common male name for guys that are all right, I guess. And I'm just kind of laughing at that. Like, yeah, there are a lot of us. Some of us suck. <laughs> yeah, it's a very popular name, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Most popular in my birth year. Nice. To relate it back to the previous question, mm -hmm. Matt Wiggins had basically, I think he had moved Vancouver before the first time I did like any work for Loading Ray Run. Like I Same. Yeah. seen Matt Wiggins, knew who he was, watched watched you know, content with him and, you know, played magic with him maybe, or at least some cards and seen him around at desert buses and stuff. But then by the time I was actually like in something, he had taken off kind of start the next chapter of his life. Yeah. I don't think I met him until desert bus, like in person. Hmm. Probably right. unsurprisingly, I think I met most people from Larry run at yellow jacket. Yeah. 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 All right. I think we're ready for the next question here from Par Morberg. What programming language are you most comfortable with? And what is your favorite programming language at the moment, Corey? Well, I'm not doing any regular programming projects at the moment. I've been looking into Godot, seeing how that goes with Godot script. You're waiting I, for it, yeah. I uh, use a static site generator for Alex's Purifier comic, which is uh, Jekyll, which I think is Ruby-based. But I just have to run a command line uh, prompt for it. Uh, the ones I, I, I like C-sharp the most. I'm the most comfortable with C-sharp, and I might look into beef because of that, which is uh, basically C-sharp without garbage collection. There's a, there's a programming language called beef? Uh, yes, yes, there's a programming language called beef. Intriguing. It's the new hotness. Hot beef, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, do you do any programming at all? My dad taught me how to write Hello World in C++ when I was 15. Mm -hmm. That's my whole story. It didn't really grab me by the, the scruff and say, hey, you're going to be a programmer now. 
Yeah. Um, I have written some music, like a small amount, when I was in school. Yeah. Mm. That's maybe yeah. the next closest I can come to. No, I don't write code at all. Yeah. I'm an I... art student. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Corey, tell us your second favorite programming language because Matt and I have nothing to contribute. Like favorite that I use or favorite just because it sounds weird. Both. Like there's a lot of made up languages that are just like they use white space or the letter Q in different formats to represent things and they're all turn complete, which mm. means that you can like do arguments and stuff. Actually, I'd, I'd say the Motorola assembly is probably my second favorite. Mm. Like it's just, it's, it's very low level and it just it feels like you're actually operating a machine when you when you use it instead oh, of nice. like a higher level language that's more abstract. It's very tactile. Yeah. Mm. Feel those gears moving. Yeah. <laughs> you're like pushing memory to registers. Yeah. You get to do all your bit blitting. Sounds violent. I hope someone listening knows what any of that means. <laughs> I'm sure Paul does. He's doing tech right now. But Corey, I enjoyed hearing you explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Me too. Talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hederman, how avid readers are any of you? What book series or book titles would you consider to be important to you now or growing up? I'll start this by saying hello. My name is Matt. I'm 19 and I never learned how to read which is to say that I don't regularly read books. You're younger than I thought you were. Yeah. Does your husband know? <laughs> People still know what vines are, right? I know what a vine is, but I didn't get that one. But is that is there a 19-year-old Matt who doesn't know how to read yet, vine? 19-year-old Jared, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so what about you, Nelson? What about uh, your I books? Yeah, I also don't read as much as I should or as much as I think is like a laudable amount to read. Um, I, yeah, Cameron and Adam definitely both read more than I do. I think the last novel I finished was one that Adam handed to me called The Power, which was about like a fiction where around our time, sometime around the present day, women all around the world suddenly start mutating this gene to like be able to shoot electricity out of their bodies. Like they're all, mm. women all just become super heroes kind of. Mm. Um, and then it's like, what follows in global politics and you know individual people's life stories from there so that was that was a pretty you good said that's called the power the power <laughs> it was a good read yeah, either i have it somewhere on my shelf or adam has it. i could bring it back from the movie so i don't know That'd be um, cool. yeah no it's a good read uh but i would say there's three books that i read as a kid that i kind of think of as things that taught me little lessons or just like our cultural touchstones i guess where it's like 1984 by George Orwell, which is, which is regular reading in, in some high schools still probably, but uh, my old man just told me to read it and I enjoyed it and I got through it pretty quick. And then Lord of the Rings, which is like obviously very popular fantasy stuff, but like before, you know, it was a movie and before a lot of people were into it, my family was like not my mom's side or just like, you got to read this so that you'll have something to talk to your uncles about or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I also read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and mm -hmm. Uh, more recently, Sophie's World, both of which I found were like just entertaining kind I of. I really like Sophie's World. Yeah, Sophie's World, great book. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So just like good. Great intro to philosophy. 
Yeah, they're just sort of cursory, give you philosophy concepts and offer them to you in a way that like you'll enjoy reading. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are some books I've read, but, but I don't read enough. And you, Corey? Uh, the book I've read most recently was The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. I'm starting in on her whole thing. Uh, before that, I've mostly been reading... Uh, really, really awful garbage from the internet. Light novels, like reincarnated as a, as a dungeon slime sort of things. I'm, I'm all about those. I just like mow through them at an alarming rate, which is like, great because I can get a lot of them for free. Like um, pulp manga, basically. Yeah, basically like internet pulp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but from childhood, like my mom read me The Hobbit as a kid, and so I got mm-hmm. into like The Lord of the Rings, and I read a lot of pulp stuff then too, is like the Piers Anthony things, a uh, lot of Redwall, a lot of uh, Deathgate Cycle, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was about 13, I got into Stephen Erickson's uh, Malison Book of the Fallen, which was really impressive at the time. Like it felt like it was the first thing I had read that really respected me as a reader. Mm. And so I, I, I just like greedily gobbled up every single one of those books whenever they would come out. Cause it would be like my reward for finishing final exams would be to like read this doorstop of a book. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, I admire that. I also picked up Steven Erickson like five or six years ago and I got through gardens of the moon, no problem. And then one or two more. And then by the time I got to like Dead House Gates, I was like, I just, it's been so long. I'm not reading these really quickly. And I just can't remember half of who these characters are. I can't remember who killed who. And I yeah. it just got harder and harder to keep going. And then, so I'm like stuck on book five or six right now. Um, Gardens mm-hmm. of the Moon is the hard one. <laughs> the first one is the hard <laughs> one. All right. All right. Fair I enough. slowed down, like I dropped Midnight Tides like a couple times. That's the fifth book. But okay. uh, it was a really satisfying arc for story-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world is really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's got a really unique magic system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I will recontextualize the question a bit in saying that I don't read books, but I read webcomics fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, one particular one that I read for years, which... I don't even remember how it got linked to me, but this is like early, early, like year 2000 was when I started reading it. I think was Elgunish Shive. Yep. And it had queer characters in it, which was unique almost to the time. So that was, I guess, a nice little anchor for me as a young queer person. Hmm. Uh, And in my university age, the big thing that I uh, hung my hat on was Homestuck, of course. Oh, the whole thing. yeah. Yeah. I did not Homestuck. I was definitely a, a bit of a snob towards the people that would go to anime conventions and gray paint. It was you're just like, kind of, oh, look, it, the Naruto's have been replaced. Yeah, you're kind of in the anti-fandom a bit. A little bit. And then yeah. I, I did read it, and I, I did enjoy it, so. Yeah, it was a big thing. <laughs> I haven't read Homestuck, but sounds like maybe I should. Um, I mean, it 
At this point, it almost feels like it was of its time. Mm. Okay. Uh, that that's weird to think about. That Homestuck has aged now. Yeah, I would recommend Kill Six Billion Demons. That is on my list of other ones that I read. Um, I also read Gunner Craig Court and Unsounded. That one I don't know. It has a lot of political intrigue and violence, mm -hmm. but is focused on a young whippersnapper uh, shin kicker of a kid and the adult man trying to keep her in the straight and narrow and usually failing. Mm. So I think you'll like it, Corey. <laughs> really good art, too. Uh, I think we are ready for the next question here. Sure. From Dranbo. Hey, guys. How are all y'all doing? Keeping safe? Staying hydrated? Cuckoo. Y'all have a good one. Nelson? Yeah, I can go first. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I'm like starting to fail. Like my, I've, I've had a bit of a pandemic arc where it was like, you know, March kind of scared and tense. And then in April, like really feel like I'm on top of it, doing a good job. My, my family's safe. We happen to be in a lucky place. We didn't entirely know it then, but not a lot of people were getting sick, but we were like very diligently following all the rules. And then like, May, it's like, okay, and now June and July now, it's like, ah, just getting a little tired. Like, the, you know, I just missed some things that aren't coming back anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm reasonably, like, a little bit sad about that. Obviously, I don't have things, you know, as bad as a lot of people in the world, but still probably worth acknowledging that I'm, you know, I'm, like, a little sad. But things in my life are still good. Uh, my daughter just turned four and we managed a bit of a party for her. And uh, yeah, like our house is in okay shape and I still have my health. All my family still has their health. And yeah, definitely staying hydrated. And I've been playing more Valorant lately. I don't know. That's kind of fun. I miss paper magic. Mm, yeah. I will have a good one. <laughs> and you, Corey? Like we've been super fortunate being on the island because things did not really take off here like bc had some issues with care homes and i was worried about folks i had there but they fortunately passed of unrelated things i had i had a few deaths to deal with during all of the the quarantines which is irritating because you can't go to a funeral um it's been it's been up and down because uh there's no direct threat right here but it just also feels kind of like the world's falling apart and I'm very yeah. angry and sad a lot. So it's just trying to balance the level of stress from like external forces through like trying to keep doing my work has been a little, little rocky. Uh, but yeah, I'm staying hydrated for sure. Drinking lots of water. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, my whole quarantine's journey has been realizing that, oh, um, my social life actually hasn't changed that much. I have a core group of friends that my partner and I see maybe once a week, once every two weeks. But beyond that, we don't really necessarily go out to pubs and stuff that often. And that is out of quarantine. 
in quarantine, I have visited my in real life friends in real life person twice. We had a lovely time, but like the difference is not that deep. However, I am noticing now something that I've seen other people complain about is that Twitter is a bad website. You're noticing. Uh, yeah. Well, specifically. Things done on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically in the way that my personal life, like yours, Corey, not that bad. A lot of stuff is happening in the wider world, and I'm kind of seeing the worst of it all the time. Everyone's kind of at a 9 or a 10 on Twitter all the time. And uh, reading that, let's, let's be generous and lowball it um, 20 times a day, looking at that feed is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will reflexively open Twitter if I pick up my phone. It just happens. Yeah. And so I've taken to, like, leaving my phone in a different room, like, just mm. away from me so I can't touch it. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like the responsible thing to do is keep informed about current events. There's just a lot of events happening that's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So. On the plus side i am getting to debate politics a lot with my partner and that is intellectually interesting on the plus side of this whole situation <laughs> small plus side but there it is yeah i come to, from a military family with a lot of stake in the trades mm. uh, so i don't have those conversations most of the time Oh, I only have them with my partner. I don't talk about that stuff with my family. <laughs> I believe we're ready for the next question here. Uh, from Ben Francis, and I believe this is going to be our last question. Uh, directed to me, why goat? Now, let's see what I've written down. Um, I mean... They're ridiculous. They are chaotic. Uh, they are adorable. And really, they just encapsulate what I think of when I think of squad goals. Um, <laughs> although recently-ish, in the span of the last couple of years, I've acquired a love of sighthounds, specifically greyhounds, whippets, and Italian greyhounds. I just like how skinny they are. You can see their bones. Well, and they always look so demure, looking down up at you with their little blueberry eyes, I like to call them, because they're always so dark. Just folded over ears. And yeah, also they they're terrified. just- They look constantly terrified. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like a bunch of curves forming an entity. <laughs> Now, we're not going to end on a question just for me, because that would be a bit gauche of me. So, this is an opportunity for you, Corey, and you, Nelson, to talk about your animal loves. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about goats, because I'm like, okay, it's fun. <laughs> They're very fun. It's fun to watch them play. 
their tiny little poops are yeah. really annoying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. They get everywhere. Like, goats have a big downside, and it comes out their back end. A bunch of too, though. Like that, right? Like, isn't deer poop is like that too, isn't it? Where yeah. it's like a whole bunch of pellets. Yeah. Pellets, yeah. Can we, before we talk about the animals we love, can we unpack and you know maybe debunk some of Matt's answer first? Is that debunk? okay? Debunk. <laughs> yeah. Are are well, like our sight hounds, are, are they as skinny and you know represent curves that form an entity as much as an octopus? Would you say? Well, an octopus has a very bulbous head, though. Oh, I guess, yeah. Like, a sight hound has nothing that is what you would consider thick. Right? Sure. Okay. What about a hairless cat? Like a sphinx, or maybe a rex, or something like that. I would also curves and fleshiness. Yes. I do appreciate them. I will counter that with... If you look at any sphinx cat, you're going to be looking at their paunch. It's going to be there, it's going to be very present, and it's going to be very, well, as I said before, thick. You're not looking at their little goblin hands or their big flappy ears? Oh, I love those too, but their paunch is very present. <laughs> All right, that's... A satisfactory answer for me. I just want to circle back now to the answer about goats. I agreed with everything. I really liked the character of goats that you described. However, I'm curious when you when you say like it's what squad goals should be. Are goats like are they a pack animal or do they do they like cheer for each other? Do they do things together? Because like when I picture a goat, I either see Beacon Hill Park or I'm like thinking of like one Scottish mountain goat on the side <laughs> of a mountain and like there's no other living creatures in sight and it's just like looking over at everything like it owns the place. Yeah. Like over a whole valley. And it looks great, but it's by itself. Fun fact, mm -hmm. mountain goats are not goats. Oh. They're their Gosh. own family. Oh. Um but well, goats, like classic goats my that internet are... just broke. No, and you're so still here. Mind. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, regular goats that originated from, I believe, like Saudi Arabia, I think, around that part of the world, eons past, uh, they are such a herd animal that you are legally, at least in some places, not allowed to own only a goat on itself, like on its own. It needs a companion animal. Otherwise, it gets sad. Aww. Same for humans, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, we can only handle solitary for a week or something, and then we go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So, Nelson. Yes. What is your favorite companion animal, since I haven't gotten that out of you yet? I like the Jace puppet. Everyone else hates the Jace puppet, but I just love that the Jace puppet came into being through like this picture of uh Rakdos guild mage or whatever from a recent set it was like <laughs> i'm jason then they just like turned into the whole thing <laughs> okay that's a fake answer sorry um i kind of always wanted mega man's dog oh with yeah. like the robot legs yeah i don't i wouldn't need it to do anything i wouldn't need it to like bounce <laughs> me up onto the top of a building or anything like that i just thought it was cute 
And I liked that it was a robot, so it wouldn't have to clean up its poop. Oh, yeah. I would just, like, show it where to get plugged in, and it would probably plug itself in because it was pretty smart. Mm. Um, and I thought it had a cool name, Rush. I'm like, oh, if I got a dog, I'd name my dog Rush. That's a cool, cool. name. Um, yeah. And other than that, I actually – so my kids would love any pet. Um, and – my my wife would definitely be fine with it if we brought a pet home, although she is allergic to everything. Um, but I'm like, I just struggle with the notion of having a pet at all. But I think animals are great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. All of them. That's my lame answer. Good but answer. But especially Mega Man's a robot dog. Yeah. And Corey? Uh, traditionally, I'm a cat person. Hmm. I like a good cat. Even even some bad cats are fine. Uh, uh, of course, we all know that I love capybaras. They're another kind of herd or social animal that would need company constantly. So they're not really a great fit for uh, apartment living, especially since they need like a, a water bath to do their do in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they like to poop while you poop. So you have to keep it like in the bathroom. So, which is not that different from cats who always want to interrupt when you're pooping. <laughs> dogs do, yeah. Yeah. Do dogs put the paw under the door? Um, if the door is open, the dogs will commonly, maybe not all dogs, but a lot of them will come up and sit in front of you and stare at you while you're pooping, I've mm -hmm. heard. <laughs> or like sniff your underwear while you're doing it. Yeah. How are you doing there? You having a good poop? <laughs> smells like a good one. Keeping regular? <laughs> yeah. Are you eating enough? Did you poop yesterday? Are you giving me enough to eat? I feel like not. <laughs> Probably not, right? Yeah. How could you be? <sighs> All right. Well, lovely questions to that, or lovely answers to that silly question about goats. Thank you for involving I us. Uh, of course. It'd be gauche if I didn't. Uh, so thank you, Nelson, and thank you, Corey, and thank you, Matt, also present, and thank you, Paul, for doing tech, and thank you to everyone who has supported us specifically with YouTube memberships in that if you do so, you will be able to submit questions for the next Askler, like the questions that we've had here, but also more generally with our Patreon for Loading Ready Run and really wherever else you want to go on Twitch and all of our other platforms out there. Um, yeah, I hope you too are also having a cool, chill quarantine. We hope to see you later. Bye. Thanks. Mm -hmm.